0: all right. Before I
1: get to my next guest, Tim Cusick, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Positive Vibes Golf. You can find them online at positivevibesgolf.com and on Twitter at p Golf. Their head covers and putter covers are a very unique way to keep your mind focused on positive thoughts, and they're a great encore training aid because you can't help but stay positive when you're going back to your golf bag and you see their their putter covers and their head covers. Are going to put a smile on your face, and uh, you know you're going to release the tension. You're going to have a lot more fun. And the you know, results going to come right behind you, right? When you're having fun and you're more relaxed and you got a smile on your face, things are a whole lot better than when you're angry and you're slamming your clubs down on the ground. So go online and check them out, positivevibesgolf.com. Give them a follow on Twitter at pvibesgolf. All right, now back with me is another one of the top instructors anywhere on the planet, and that's Tim Cusick. Let me remind you about Tim's background. He's been a member of the PGA of America since 1989, He's been named one of the best teachers in the state of Texas by Golf Digest every year since 2011, and Golf Magazine named him one of their top 100 100 instructors in America. He's a three-time winner of the Teacher of the Year Award by the Northern Texas PGA, also won the Northern uh, Texas PGA's Horton Smith Award, which is given annually for outstanding and continuing contributions to professional golf education. He achieved Master of Professional status after graduating from the PGA program. Tim has coached and helped more than 150 junior players secure golf uh, college golf scholarships. He's also coached players like Bruce Crampton, Brad Elder, Hollis Stacey, and Sandra Palmer. Formerly managed and taught at the Hank Haney Golf School and worked with Hank for 23 years. He's currently the Director of Instruction at the Four Seasons Resort and Club in Irving, Texas. He's written a great book called *The Four Keys to Improve Your Game*, which you can find out on Amazon.com. And you can hear Tim Sunday mornings on the Pro Shop Golf Show on 103.3 FM ESPN Radio down in Dallas from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And I'm very honored. He is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey Tim, how are you, my friend?
2: Chris, I'm doing great, and thank you so much for that uh, that nice introduction. Let me uh, wish you a uh, a very uh, happy, belated birthday, which I think was this past Sunday. It
1: was. I appreciate you. Thank you very much, my friend. Absolutely. So, t- tell us what's going on down there in Irving. Are you guys, are you open? <laughs> are you doing lessons? What's the status down
2: there? Well, uh, the status the status is that um, our facility, the Four Seasons Golf and Sports Club, uh, closed their door, the hotel closed their doors as well, but hotel in the in the uh, sports club closed their doors uh march right around march sixteenth and uh they have remained closed although one of our golf courses the uh, the TPC golf course uh has opened in the last uh probably ten days or so but it is only for our members tea times only um No amenities, no golf carts. If you have a private cart and live on the property, you can uh, utilize that. You can utilize your own pull cart or push cart. But there is no staff. There is no teaching. There is no range. There is no practice facility. That's where we're at right now.
1: Wow. Are you hearing anything more about uh, updates that uh, may be opening back up on the horizon, or is it uh, you're going to have to wait and see?
2: You know, that's a great question, Chris, and it it seems to change every day, every half day, every couple hours. Um, We're governed, obviously, by uh, Governor Abbott, the state of Texas, and uh, locally, the county that the Four Seasons is in is Dallas County. Uh, Judge Clay Jenkins is kind of presides over that county, Uh, but that county also has uh, most of the uh, coronavirus. outbreaks south of downtown dallas which is still dallas county and so we kind of fall in that in that county so we're you know our jurisdiction is is dallas county and, and judge clay jenkins so we have to abide by what he has to say and the rules that he has going on chris really in dallas in in the metroplex there's there's golf courses that are open very similar to what i described no golf shops open um you know, I, I, uh, but no practice facilities really. There's a couple practice facilities that, uh, that are open, and I'm not quite sure, you know, what that status is, but, uh, I was at two golf courses today. Uh, matter of fact, this morning I had a, a playing lesson with one of our members over at Cheryl Park, which is a, uh, city owned golf course in the, in the, uh, city of Richardson. Played nine holes with a student. And then this afternoon I live in a little, uh, golf course community and, played nine holes with um with a neighborhood friend and um and his family and uh you know both of those facilities you have to make your tea times online. Uh you check in, there's someone outside that checks you in and you just go right to the tee. There's no putting, no chipping, no hitting balls, it's just golf.
1: So what about you from a, from a lessons perspective? Have you shifted to, to video lessons? How are you doing uh, from, a, from a practice tee for yourself and being one of the best instructors on the planet? I got to imagine people are still knocking on your door.
2: For, for a little while, um, over at Cheryl Park, the course I mentioned where I was this morning, Ronnie Glanton, who's the, uh, the head pro there, and he's a great PJ professional. Uh, he's been our president in the Northern Texas section three separate times he's been a, a, a district representative in in uh in national PGA um uh work and uh he's just a great pro and he he was very kind to me to allow me to do some teaching over there uh, i uh i was over there for probably 3 weeks you know every other day or so teaching a few lessons and then they got shut down uh the saturday before easter and we're closed for about four or five days. Open back up to online uh, tee times, uh, but the driving range not open. So uh, that's kind of stalled that part out. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm now I'm given some playing lessons, like I said today, and uh, I do I do a few online lessons. I have students that will send me a video. I'll do a little recap for them in my my garage. I've got a net set up or in the in the backyard and uh, shoot it back to them um and that's kind of how i i i bided my time i i uh i took a little small position just to keep myself busy at a, a local grocery store where i do some of their street side shopping and it's more of just uh you know keep me uh going and healthy and my mind sharp and you know my body and everything my wits about me i'm i'm not good chris i'm not good sitting around so i i got to i got to do something <laughs> that's what i've been doing
1: Let's switch gears a little bit because I want to get some, some tips from you, Tim. And, and it's Tuesday, right? Which would typically mean, uh, back in yeah. the day that it would be golf tip Tuesday from you, which is a series that I've missed very much this year. Um, give me, give our listeners some tips for what we can be doing. You talk about having a net and stuff at home. What are some drills and some things that we can do, whether it's in our backyards or in our living rooms to get our golf swing you know. either going or, or stay in tuned?
2: Chris, first, uh, Golf Tip Tuesday is a is a video series uh, every Tuesday in normal times, and it'll be back to normal times here soon. But in normal times, on the uh, the Four Seasons uh, Golf and Sports Club uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram page, and so I, I film those on a monthly basis, and we send them out every every Tuesday. And I I, I can't tell you how many. How many comments I get about those those videos? People really seem to to like those all around the world, and so I can't wait to get back doing them. But to answer your your question, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of golfers that have purchased nets for their backyard, for their garage, from somewhere in their house to be able to just stay active and hit some balls and and uh, or makeshift um, nets and uh, i've seen people hang painter tarps in their in their garage and and hit balls into that or even hit the you know the foam rubber balls that that aren't going to cause any damage inside the house but um the the important thing is that you're swinging a club and you got you got to stay active swinging a club whether it's with a ball whether it's with a nerf ball whether it's without a ball just got to stay active swinging the club because that's where the rust starts showing up is when you get complacent when you you get less frequent frequent swinging the club and uh then it feels very awkward when you get back and there's a you know there's a little bit of a learning curve so if you can get some swings in every day you know most of the country you're getting some some nicer weather uh, as we get into the the latter stages of April so you can get out in the backyard or or, uh, you know, wherever it ends up being, get out, get some fresh air too, but get that club swinging. I don't care what club it is. It doesn't matter what club it is. Just get out there and start swinging the club.
1: Tim, you did a, a tip back in March around the length of the backswing matching the length of the follow-through, and I think that's a place where a lot of us go wrong. It's whether we haven't committed to the shot, so we decelerate and end up chunking the ball or hitting it a few yards Talk about the importance of making sure the backswing and the follow-through match.
2: You know, you mentioned something in in your uh, preview of that, uh, commitment. And commitment is a a huge word. Um, I would rather see someone committed to the wrong shot than not committed to maybe a higher percentage shot because I've never really seen a shot turn out where someone wasn't committed to it. So first and foremost, you've got to be committed to the shot that you're going to play. Most of the time, now not all the time, but most of the time, when people, golfers, are playing shots, and this is tour professionals as well, when they're playing shots around the green, they are hitting shots where their follow-through is as long, if not longer, than their backswing. Now, not every time, because you'll see tour players around the green hit like a little dump shot where they make a backswing that goes to about hip high, and they hit it, and they kind of hold it. And that's a little bit more of a specialty shot. But most of the time, I like seeing someone follow through as much, if not more, than their backswing. Because, Chris, what it does is it, it keeps the momentum going. you got to keep the momentum going. The, the guy that I, I worked with this morning that I was talking about in the playing lesson, we spent time around every single green. We put a ball or two down and just practice shots around the green because that's an area that... that he's challenged with. And, and that was exactly what we were working on, is to try and keep the momentum going through the shot. And the momentum has to be with the the handle of the club, the part you're holding on to, and the belt buckle, your, your, your midsection, your belt buckle, and your trail foot. So for a right-handed golfer, your right foot, you've got to keep those three things moving as you're swinging the club. And one other thing that I'm going to add, one of the worst miss in golf, is keep your head down and keep your eye on the golf ball. I I agree with keep your eye on the golf ball, but here's where I go with that. You can keep looking at the golf ball until it's gone. But once it's gone, you've got to release your eyes as well to allow your body to continue to go through and to see a nice shot.
1: That's an interesting thought. Take that a step further. One of the things that I always repeat to myself is, you know, head down, head still. Right, keep your eye on the ball, like you just said. Right, so I'm I'm trying to laser focus on the golf ball throughout the entire part of my swing. Absolutely. Tell me, wait, give me a little more context.
2: When you set up to hit a shot, doesn't matter what shot it is, whether it's a drive, a chip, a putt, or or a seven iron into a green. When you set up to hit a shot, your eyes are focused somewhere on the golf ball. Okay, different people focus on different parts of the of the ball, maybe depending on what you're trying to do, but you're focused on the ball. And as you swing the club back, there's very few golfers that can really keep their head exactly still when they swing because that's going to require a lot of flexibility to be able to resist with their lower body, turn with their upper body, but keep their head exactly still. That's very difficult to do. I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm okay with somebody's head moving provided a couple things happen. I'm okay if it moves slightly as you swing back away from the target. I don't like seeing the head go towards the target. I don't want it to go down towards the ball or away from the ball. But if it shifts ever so slightly to the right for a right-handed golfer, I'm okay with that. Now, the other thing is, is that those eyes need to stay level to the ground. That's a huge part. You don't want your eyes tilting one way or the other because that, Changes your perception. It's like all of a sudden you're on a side hill lie when your head starts tilting. So eyes can stay level. Head can shift slightly to the right, ever so slightly as you as you load into your right side for a right-handed golfer. When you come back in, if you're able to see the club hit the golf ball, that's great. But once you've hit, as you start swinging through, your body is rotating. Your waist, your chest, your trail foot, your hip. And your eyes should go with that because if your eyes stay staring at the ground, it's going to inhibit your body to turn through, which could move the bottom of the downswing back and create a fat shot. I like the adage, Chris, of keep your eye on the ball, but once that ball's gone, start looking for it.
1: Tim, a couple more before I let you go, and I want to talk about in the swing. One one of the things I start to see more and more is a is a different position of the face of the club at the top of our backswing. I see Dustin Johnson a lot of times. The face of the golf club is pointed straight up to the sky. I see great golf swings like yours and uh, some of the you know many of the other great players where the club face is essentially pointing towards your you know your lead shoulder. It's sort of mm-hmm. perpendicular to the ground. Where should our hands and where should the club face be? And how can we be sure it's in the right position at the top of our backswing?
2: Well, Chris, the nice thing in golf is is that, you know, there's not one way to do things. And there's a lot of different ways to do it. And and you see that on the professional tours. You see different types of swings. And, you, you know, you named a couple, specifically Dustin Johnson. That's a little bit – that's a little bit uh, – different at the top of the backswing. I would say I'm going to give you a little bit of tour tour perspective and then I'll 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 be more specific about the everyday golfer. On tour, you you will see either a club face that is square to the swing plane. You were talking about kind of the, the, the lead shoulder, okay? Square to the swing plane or you'll see a club face that's a little bit more shut or facing towards the sky. But very, very rarely do you see a club face that's too open where the toe is, is hanging down. That, that, that's, that's one that you don't see on the, on the tour very often. Now, when the club face is, is shut at the top of the backswing, and we'll, we'll talk about, we'll use Dustin Johnson as an example. Okay. That type of, of club face, those golfers tend to be a little bit more of hold on and turn through with their body. Now, the one thing you got to remember is let's say Dustin Johnson's got a seven iron in his hand, and he's a great player and a great ball striker. And then I, 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 you know, a very, very consistent player. So I I don't take anything away from, you know, what, what Dustin Johnson does. But when that club face is more shut at the top, if you have a seven iron in your hand at address, and let's say the seven iron has 32 degrees of loft on it, at the top of the backswing, if that club face is facing towards the sky, there's less than 32 degrees of loft on it. So that loft has changed on that face. If you don't have a lot of clubhead speed, like Dustin Johnson does or other tour players do, that's a tough position to play from because you lose trajectory. If you don't have a lot of speed, if you don't swing the club faster than 100 miles an hour, that's a difficult position to play from because you're not going to be able to launch the ball effectively. Also those types of golfers tend to fade the ball more because the face is shut they're holding on and turning through. I don't have, you know, a, a problem with that look at the top if you're if you're good with clubhead speed and you're okay playing a fade. And that's it that's it that's a way to do it. Now, I'm more of a proponent of having the club face be more square to the swing plane which would require as well more of a neutral grip, whereas when that face is shot, you see those guys with stronger left-hand grips, um, three, four knuckles turned to the right. When you have more of a neutral grip and the club face is more square and it matches the, the swing plane, to me, you can control your trajectory better, you can control your distance control better, you can control your spin, and you're not handicapped if you don't have a lot of clubhead speed Of being able to launch the golf ball up in the air. Tim, one more
1: before I let you go, and I want to get on the putting surface because one of the things that uh, my buddies and I vary greatly with is ball position and stance and width of stance on the on on the greens when we're putting. And I know some of that is comfort, but talk about when you're talking to your students, where do you want that ball position? Where do you want our hands? In relation to the shaft and to the club base of the putter, and how how wide of a stance do you recommend
2: well, you know putting is Chris putting is the, the absolutely the most individual part of of golf. you see so many different styles in terms of setup, how they hold on to the putter, what type of putter they're using, and that that is there's a lot of comfort and what feels natural to you in 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 regard to uh to the grip and the grip you're using on your club and and how you set up to the to the golf ball. Um and, and a lot of that has to do with your body too. You know, if you have long legs or short legs or a long torso or short torso, you know, that's gonna play into it as well and how you swing the putter. If you have more of an arcing stroke, you're probably gonna be slightly further from the ball where your eyes might fall inside the golf ball slightly. If you're a little bit of a straighter back and through, you're probably going to be a little bit more over the top of the golf ball, where your eyes are positioned over the ball. The further you get from the ball, it's easier to swing the putter on an arc. And the more you stand up over the top of the ball and your eyes are over the ball, it's a little bit easier to be a little straighter back and through, at least for the, you know, the start of the of the putt and the through the through swing part of the putt. And then it will start arcing on each side. But back to kind of what you were you were asking, ball position wise, and we'll we'll talk about it in uh, relation to a right-handed golfer I like seeing the ball a little bit more kind of up by the left eye in line with the left eye just forward of the of the center of your stance and and the reason why I like that is because I don't want to ever have someone hit a putt on the downward blow when the putter's still moving down before it gets to the bottom of the arc and and I would because you're going to bounce it, the ball already pushes into the ground. High-speed cameras show that the ball already pushes into the ground, and then it hops up. And the less that you can have that in the in the stroke with pushing the ball into the grass, the better you're going to get a truer you're going to get a true roll. So, getting the ball a little bit more up by your left eye, you almost catch the ball on the slight upswing, just past the bottom of the arc, and you don't push the ball into the grass as much, and it doesn't bounce as much. Um, now, in terms of how the arms should be in relation to the putter, you know, there's not a lot of people that get that fit for their putters. And, and I think you're going to see that more often in the coming years where there's some systems that are being put in place. And that's going to make a difference as well. And that's going to get people more consistent with their setups. But I like seeing that the shaft of the putter in line with the, with the, the lead forearm or the, the left forearm from the elbow to the hand down the shaft, that line should stay somewhat consistent. And I'm a more of a proponent of my eyes over the ball. And on shorter putts, say inside five feet, the putter swings relatively straight back and straight through. Longer putts, it will start to arc after you make that straight back and through motion. But, uh, But those shorter putts inside of five feet, that putter swings relatively straight back and through.
1: Tim, before I let you go, remind our listeners, how can they stay up to date with what you're doing and follow you both online and on social media?
2: Chris, on social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, if you just uh, reference Tim Cusick Golf, Tim and then C-U-S-I-C-K Golf, you're going to find me. I've got a website that's timcusickgolf.com, and my personal email address for golf is tim at timcusickgolf.com,
1: Tim, thank you so much for coming back and being a part of the show. Always learn a lot when you're here. Always a lot of fun to spend time with you. I hope you'll come back and join me again soon, my friend.
2: Chris, always enjoy it. And I will say that you are one of the best in the business. And and us instructors really appreciate what you do for us on social media. And uh, I'm proud to uh, call you a friend. And uh, stay safe and healthy. And hope to talk to you again soon.
1: You do the same, my friend. Thank you so much, Tim. That means a great deal to me. You're fantastic. I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. See you, Tim. That's a great Tim Cusick. Tim Cusick Golf. C-U-S-I-C-K. TimCusickGolf.com is the site, and you can find him on social media under the same. Fantastic guy. One of the best. That's why he's a top 100 instructor in the game, according to Golf Magazine, and, and uh, a great friend and a great man, and I look forward to catching up with him again soon.